0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It's NBA draft day. Who are the best and worst Timberwolves draft picks of all time? We settle that next on Minnesota Sports Rankum.
0: This is Minnesota Sports Rankum, part of Locked On
1: Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. It's the show that settles debates and starts new ones. It's Minnesota Sports Rankham on On Sports Minnesota. I'm Sam Ekstrom, part of the Ron Johnson Show and the Minnesota Football Party here on the network. I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, and I'm joined like I a.m. every Thursday by Luke Inman. He's at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter. He's the author of the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter, com slash newsletters. And today we're going to see if his draft expertise carries over into NBA circles as we rank the three best and three worst Minnesota Timberwolves draft picks of all time. Why, Luke? Well, because it's draft day and because the Timberwolves have the 53rd pick and no one cares about them, but we're going to do something interesting nonetheless on Timberwolves draft day. What do you think?
0: Uh, you know, I'm a huge NFL draft junkie, as you mentioned. So I was very pleasantly surprised. Open up the email yesterday. See, we'd be discussing this Timberwolves NBA draft history today and some of the best and the worst picks. And let me just say, after coming through some of these picks over the last two decades, the draft has not been kind to Wolves fans. And there's a plethora of awful picks to choose from in that (laughs) worst category, especially over the last 10, 15 years or so. So I'm excited to get, uh, get into it with you and see your bottom three and top three picks today as well.
1: All right, let's begin with the least anticlimactic or the least climactic, the least climactic guy. And I think we both know that who our number one is going to be. So let's start with our best. We'll go one, two, three, then we'll pivot and do three, two, one, our worst draft picks of all time. Quickly before that, show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Lock On. Head to fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today and make every moment more. I'm guessing they've got some NBA draft props that you can choose from there as well. All right, Luke. Your number one Timberwolves draft pick of all
0: time is... Well, there's plenty of Rankums we do every week. Every Thursday, we get to number one, and it's kind of a no-brainer, but I got to say... This one maybe takes the cake as the easiest choice we've ever had on the show. Obviously, we're both going with the big ticket, right? KG, a man amongst boys coming out of high school with the fifth overall pick. Still considered kind of a risky pick at the time, too, if you remember. No collegiate experience, but man, oh man, this dude, absolute monster on the court. Set the tempo, raised the energy at the target center every single night. He stepped out on the court. There's not many guys, not many players, who single-handedly would just take over a game on their own in this league. KG was one of the very few. And I know he had guys like Stefan Marbury for a while and guys like Spreewell here or there. But just in general, a massive lack of talent surrounding him for the majority of his career here in Minnesota, and yet still showed up, still balled out on a nightly basis, gave the fans their money's worth. The stats... I mean, they're untouchable, 14 seasons, 10 all-star nods, first in rebounds with 4,000 more than Kevin Love, who's in second, by the way, and just an absolute defensive savant on the other end of the court too, first in franchise history in blocks, steals, and defensive rebounds. He's the GOAT when it comes to Minnesota basketball, and I, for one, I don't know about you, I'm just glad he got to go win a ring in Boston before it was all said and done, because I think he truly put his time in. He gave us everything he had here, and he deserved to go play with a real contender after all the hard work and magical performances he gave us, these Minnesota uh, Timberwolves fans, for 14 years. So he carried the franchise on his back for all those years. KG, number one with a bullet, Sam.
1: Yep, it's got to be. From a draft pick standpoint, there was risk attached to this pick. Mm -hmm. High school kid. Right? I mean, that, that was kind of unprecedented at the time. You didn't take a lot of guys coming out of high school. They took him fifth. It wasn't like he was the obvious first pick of the draft. They, they took him fifth. And think of the players around him, Luke. This was a pretty weak draft around and after Kevin Garnett. They could have gone with Ed O'Bannon, Sean Respert, Bryant Reeves. You recognize those names, Luke? Probably not, because they didn't become anything. And fortunately, the Timberwolves made the right move and went with Kevin Garnett, an absolute ball of energy on the court. You hate, you know, like you love that he won the ring with Boston. You hate that he kind of almost belongs to Boston. Like his heart mm-hmm. is almost in Boston because of the way things went down with Glenn Taylor. He's had issues with the ownership. His number's not retired because he refuses to come back. It's it was a messy divorce with Minnesota. They didn't get much for him in that trade of great value. Um But I think people kind of hold him up in the rafters with like Randy Moss in terms of hallowed Minnesota sports figures. So definitely number one, without a doubt. Now it gets controversial, Luke. Now we go on to numbers two and three. Best draft picks of all time. Who you got number two?
0: Maybe I'm biased. This was more my era growing up, staying up late, watching Kevin Love led Wolves team starting back in 2008. Another player, by the way, we're going to get to a couple of these guys that was acquired in a draft day trade. And they originally, if you remember, took OJ Mayo out of USC, ended up making the right move this time to bring in Love, uh, who went with the very next pick, the fourth overall pick. Actually, one of the rare great draft day moves the Wolves have ever made to bring Kevin Love in. And even though, I mean, I guess it kind of took him a full year to really turn into the K-Love that we all know and remember. I don't know if you remember saying when he had that 31 and 31 game against the Knicks in year two, from that point on, it, it was over. He just got better and better, more consistent every season, turned into one of the best players in Wolves history in the six years that he played here, three all-star nods uh, and second all-time in franchise history and rebounds, second to only, of course, Kevin Garnett. And to do all that, I think in just six seasons, pretty incredible. And why I gave him the nod over the next guy at number three is because at least you're able to get something once you parted ways. Obviously, that was Andrew Wiggins, the number one overall pick that year. He goes on to win Rookie of the Year. Obviously, that whole thing, it didn't pan out years later looking back, but at least at the time, showed you major promise, gave the fan base a ton of encouragement, some excitement about the future at the time, which is a lot more than I think we can say for for a lot of the trades that we've seen in Minnesota Timberwolves franchise history kevin love though number two on my list what do you think
1: one of the most instinctive rebounders i've seen um wasn't always the tallest guy on the floor but had unbelievable hands unbelievable instincts to read the ball off the rim and he was a big that was shooting threes before it was trendy i would say he was a 42 percent three-point shooter Mm. in 2010-2011 so that's that's a great selection on your part Um, my number two I'm going more of the value route. A guy they got in the second round, and I'm going for the fan favorite because this guy had a cult following. You know him. You love him. Nikola Pekovic. Second round pick out of Montenegro. Spent a couple of years overseas. Came to the Wolves in 2010. If not for injuries, Luke, if not for injuries, he might have some of these Wolves records because he was just the most efficient scoring big man. He didn't do much. Luke. He's not the most well-rounded guy. Couldn't like move that well up and down the floor. Never attempted a three um, in his career. He knew exactly what he was. That was a post-up bruiser. One of the best pure post-up guys the Wolves have ever had. And often one of the top five field goal percentage guys in the league. 56% 56% in 2011-2012. That was third best in the league. Uh, average 13, 16, 17 points per game. Career cut short because a big guy like that, you get foot problems, and he just couldn't you know, carry his frame any longer. Only had 271 games with the Wolves, but a great draft pick. Second round pick, and they got some great play out of him. People knew him. People loved him. I loved him. Nikola.
0: If you tell a casual Timberwolves fan just walking on the street that you think the number two draft pick in T-Wolves history is Nikola, they probably look at you a little funny. But I, for one, being such an NFL draft guy, I love the avenue and angle that you took with the value. Because in the NBA draft, anything past the top 10, 15 picks, total crapshoot to get the value they did in the second round um, from Nicola. Great pick right there. Glad you gave him a shout out. Number two on your list. Number three on my list. And I'm a little reluctant to do it just because I'm a little frustrated. I'm a little fed up with this man right now. All the drama, the headaches he's kind of turned into with every passing year, but I guess I have to put Cat on the list for all the incredible basketball he's played during his time here. He's an absolute machine, one of the best shooting big men in the NBA. No two ways about, about it. Can't argue it. And really, up until last year, too, with that calf injury, he was consistent, man. He was always on the court. People forget he started his career playing every single game his first three seasons. That's incredible. 246 straight games right out the gate. Super impressive right there. Already third in in rebounds in franchise history, second all-time in blocks, fifth all-time in minutes played. He's an all-star. He's amazing when his head is in the game and he's focused just on the task at hand. One of the best in the league. But I think just the lack of steady progression and maturity, Sam, year over year is what's making fans grow. Just a little weary and tired. And we all just assume after he came out the gate so hot, that he would turn into more of the leader, right? The captain, the emotional captain of this team that they needed. They needed a guy they could lean on come playoff time, come big pressure situations. Hasn't always been the case. Still, though, number one pick for a reason, out of Kentucky, 2015, Cat, number three on my list.
1: I'm going to go a similar route and cheat a little bit with my number three. I'm going to say that Cat and Anthony Edwards are a tie for number three. And yes, they were both the number one pick. But, Luke, this was not a LeBron James situation or a Wemby situation where it was clear who to take. Remember, with Cat, it was Jaleel Okafor or it was Cat. Jaleel or Cat, who are you going to go with? There were a lot of people in the Jaleel camp. Mm -hmm. Flip Saunders made the pick, went with Cat. Jaleel Okafor? out of the league now, would have been a bust. Cat absolutely became the right pick. Anthony Edwards draft. Remember, people said it's the weakest draft in NBA history. Mm -hmm. Timberwolves could have gone with James Wiseman, who was the number two pick. James Wiseman has only played 84 games in three years because of injuries, and he's not even with his team anymore, the Warriors. He's gone. Um, LaMelo Ball probably would have been a nice pick. We would have been happy with LaMelo, but Edwards clearly was the correct pick in retrospect. So to Gerson Rosas and Flip Saunders, rest in peace, Flip, uh, for making those decisions when it wasn't cut and dried, I give them props. Those are uh, the, the co-number three best draft picks of all time in Wolves history. Now we're going get, to get, uh, get crazy. We're going to do our worst draft picks after I remind folks that FanDuel uh, Sportsbook brings you today's show. You can head on over to FanDuel and bet baseball. Minnesota Twins coming off a walk-off win. They play this afternoon against the Boston Red Sox. You can check out the money line and the run line there and all the MLB lines at fanduel.com. Slash locked on. That's where you go to get started. If you're a new customer, claim a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel Sportsbook is very easy to use. You get paid instantly when you win. There's no better place to bet Major League Baseball this summer, then it's FanDuel. It's a uh, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, worst draft picks in Wolves history. We'll start with three, move down to one. Luke Inman, kick us off.
0: 2010 NBA draft, fourth overall out of Syracuse, Wesley Johnson. (laughs) It's something about these Syracuse kids. The Wolves just can't figure out. Little foreshadowing for later on. So here's what I did, Sam. I honed in on these three guys, not just because they didn't pan out for the Wolves, turned out to be massive busts, but also because of the players that were selected shortly thereafter. Just staring him in the face. Johnson, very meh for two seasons with the Wolves before he was traded. Suns, uh, 2012, seven points, three boards a game. Very underwhelming stats for a top five pick, especially when you think about how bad some of those teams the Wolves had those rosters that he played on and just the lack of talent that he had uh, up and down those depth charts. You can't even crack the starting rotation, but what really stings the most and puts Wesley in the top three for me is one pick later. We had to watch DeMarcus Marcus cousins get drafted by the Kings go on to become one of, if not the best center in the NBA during his prime, at least with four straight all-star game appearances Dude was an absolute stud, and the Wolves needed a guy like Cousins in the worst way. Instead, they pulled the trigger on Johnson. He was shipped out after two seasons. To make matters even worse, a little bit more salt in the wound, Paul George was selected a few picks later as well, meaning even if they didn't want Cousins, there was still a chance they could have came away with one of the best players in the NBA with Paul George instead. Alas, Sam, bad team, stay bad. Wolves continued their run as one of the worst teams in the league in that early 2010 era. Wesley Johnson, fourth overall, number three on my list for biggest bust by the Wolves all time.
1: Yeah, I'm going to get to Johnson a little bit later on my list. Um, I didn't rank him three. I've got Derek Williams Mm -hmm. in that spot. Um, Derek Williams, number two overall pick. Now, the reason he's not higher is because – I just I think he was absolutely the right pick at the time um I remember that it was Kyrie and Pre- Derek Williams
0: it, it, Kyrie, you're bust pretty much and yeah. yeah, Derek was number two, but not a lot after that if I remember right
1: yeah yeah i think and and I believe that that's correct, like so there's not there is not a Demarcus cousins situation where the wolves took the wrong guy, they took the right guy, he just had a terrible career and and he was one of. Going through this, Luke, it was shocking to to remember how many top ten picks were traded within two or three years in this mm-hmm. era. Yeah. Just abysmal. Um, Derek Williams was dealt to the Kings for Luke Mbamute. I mean, that's that's terrible value to <laughs> get like a like a bench kind of role player guy for a number two pick in his third year. Gross. Uh, Derek Williams just. And that again, that's a David Kahn. That's a David Kahn Mm -hmm. deal. Derek Williams, number three on my list.
0: Uh, That's a great one. A little spoiler. He's on my honorable mentions. Here's my number two 2016 draft out of Providence, fifth overall, Christopher Dunn. Now, there's a lot of names to choose from when it comes to, again, terrible Timberwolves picks. But for me, unless you're in the top 10, I can't really blame the front office too much because, again, in the NBA draft... Anything after these top 10, 12, 15 picks, it's a total crap shoot. But when you're in the top five, like they were in 2016, you got to come away. There's a lot of pressure to find a new core piece to the puzzle. Not the case with Chris Dunn. Also, kind of like Wesley Johnson, could barely make it off the bench for crying out loud on some of these really bad teams. He only played 78 games in Minnesota, which is, I mean, call it what it is. That's pathetic. Four points, three boards per game. That's just sad. I guess if you want to put some sort of positive spin on it, he was packaged with Zach Levine in the Jimmy Butler deal, which Mm -hmm. I guess, if anything, was an entertaining stint, if nothing else. But the simple fact, yet again, fans had to watch a guy like Jamal Murray selected two picks later, and the things that man has gone on to do That's absolutely gut-wrenching to go watch. Arguably a top five point guard in the league right now. If not, most definitely a top 10. And maybe the thing the Wolves needed the most this season was just a dude who could step up and be the guy come playoff time. Cat's clearly not it. Ant's still a little bit too young. Not many better in the playoffs this year than Murray, who was just unstoppable for certain games and has just been an absolute baller come playoff time in those big pressure situations. And the swing from going from a huge miss like Dunn to a top-five guard in the league and a playoff stud like Murray, that could have easily shifted the franchise around and been one of those final pieces to the puzzle they needed. Chris Dunn, 2016 draft, fifth overall pick, that's number two on my list.
1: Yeah, Dunn was a very hard omission for me, and the only reason I, I didn't is because of that Jimmy Butler return. Like he was packaged so early in his Wolves career. Yeah. Uh, We should have David Locke on the show to tell us more about Chris Dunn, because listen to his stats. This is last year with Utah. He's bounced around a ton, Mm -hmm. played 22 games with Utah. Listen to these stats, 13.2 points per game, 5.6 assists, 4.5 rebounds. He shot it 47% from three 54% from the field.
0: Yeah. What? What, what's in the water down in Utah? What? Uh, Talk about I reviving don't know. your career all of a sudden. Okay. I see you,
1: yeah. Chris. Okay. Yeah. Close circuit to David Locke. What's going on with Chris Dunn? Has he figured it out at age 28? Right. Uh, my number two is your guy, Wes Johnson. And I'll add on to what you said that again, the return on a number four pick was so bad. And in fact, they gave up a future first in the deal, all in the name of saving some cap space. They got three thirds and gave up a future first in West Johnson, just to have cap space. That whoa, David Kahn's gonna fritter away because he was the worst GM in team history. Um, could have had George, could have had Cousins, could have had Hayward. Nope, two years of West Johnson and then nothing in return for him. That makes it the number two on my list, Luke. Number one, I think we got the same number one. Who's your guy?
0: This is so easy, and it's going to sound like a lot, but you have to look at the entire puzzle here. How about the entire 2009 draft class for the Wolves? Everyone knows the story by now, right? Not just one chance at Steph Curry, arguably the greatest NBA player of this generation, but two chances at Steph Curry. And I'll admit, Sam, I was a Ricky Rubio guy that draft. I was super enticed by him. I was jacked up about it. So that one I can justify just a little bit. Obviously, didn't pan out the way we thought, but a lot of people were buzzing about him pre-draft. But then to take another guard with the very next pick, another Syracuse kid, mind you. What's the, what's the Syracuse kids and the Timberwolves' obsession with these guys? Of course, I'm talking about Johnny Flynn. At that point, I was convinced the front office did not watch a second of the NCAA tournament that year, just watched Steph Curry at all, and just said, yeah, Johnny Flynn? Oh, Syracuse guy? Yeah, he'll do. Hand in the card. Done deal. He was fine his rookie year. I pulled up the stats. 14 points, 5 assists per game. But obviously, nothing like the impact Curry would have here. And just the franchise... I mean, this franchise was robbed of so many great experiences by not picking Steph Curry, not once, but twice. That was literally a franchise altering decision to pass up on Steph Curry twice like they did and quite literally get nothing in return. Johnny Flynn has the hip surgery the next year, never the same again. And I mean, had either of Rubio or Flynn panned out at all, maybe would make that pill a little bit easier to swallow, but to miss on both, just an absolute, Kick to the groin, let's just say, San. And then can't forget about this, too. The Wolves had two more first-round picks and two seconds. And again, I've said it three times now, but anything past the top 15, total crapshoot, I get it. But Ty Lawson at 18 did nothing. Could have had Jeff Teague one pick later. Even that would have helped. Wayne Ellington at pick 28. Hey, how about Patrick Beverly, who goes a few picks later? Absolute debacle of a draft. And again, A franchise sinking pick after pick after pick that literally came away with nothing despite six picks. Four in the first round, mind you. Two in the top six with Steph Curry, an NBA legend, sitting there staring you in the face. Bad teams stay bad, Sam. And it always, always, always starts with the draft. 2009 draft class for the Wolves. Got to be number one on my list.
1: It's not as if the Wolves felt that Steph Curry was too small right because Johnny Flynn was smaller like right. they both weighed about 185 Johnny Flynn was two inches shorter so that couldn't have been their argument was it the
0: small school label in the big Maybe. school program for Johnny Maybe. Flynn in Syracuse I don't know I, I try not to think about it too much
1: yeah no it, it gives me nightmares um, but mm-hmm. Johnny Flynn even tried to to have an overseas career bounced around like his, his NBA reference page it says like Italy Australia did not play. Like he he tried to get out of the NBA and go overseas and make a living, kind of like Stephon Marbury. Didn't work. Didn't go well for him. Um, that's my number one as well. He didn't seem to have a lot of joy playing basketball here, didn't like it here, didn't like the criticism, um, didn't handle it very well, and uh moved on. And I, I did the wolves the wolves actually got a decent haul, not a great haul, decent haul in the trade for him, doesn't matter, still the worst pick. In Minnesota Timberwolves history so we agree on the worst we agree on the best and we had some other uh, fun memories along the way as we filled out our lists that's Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter I'm Sam Ekstrom I'm at Sam Ekstrom enjoy watching the NBA draft tonight we'll see if the Wolves have a blockbuster in store maybe to move up into the first round or uh, do something else crazy with Kat or McDaniels or Connolly or something nuts uh, with Tim Connolly. what's he gonna be up to That's tonight and tomorrow on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We'll be back on the roundtable with Ron Johnson and Reggie Wilson to react to whatever happens. He's Luke. I'm Sam. Thanks for watching. It's Minnesota Sports Rankum on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On
0: podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.